0: something. Oh hello and welcome to the virtual cafe. I'm your host Shaggy Lola Salami. Uh, What can I get you? Oh hi Tara. Hi.
1: <laughs> How are you?
0: <laughs> I am really frazzled. <laughs> I am frazzled. I think, you need
1: a, I think you need a drink. I think we should take your drink order. Yes.
0: What would I like? <sighs> I would like something, actually, no, I remember there's this drink that I've had once and once only. Um, I went to visit a friend in Manchester and we were at the Hilton um, in Manchester. And it was this lemony, no, not lemon, oh. melony. It was like melon with mm. crushed ice. And it was really, and you know when you're really hot and then you've got this crushed ice um, mm. that just sort of goes down your throat, but it was with melon, and I really can't remember what it was called. But yeah, so any drink with crushed ice would do me nicely. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> okay, and how about, But what would you like to drink? The little human has come to show herself
1: here, so you know what?
0: we can... It is,
1: it is really hot here, so I'll just have a peach tea. I'll have a peach iced ah, tea. yeah.
0: Okay, right, she's taking your order directly, so no need to okay. pass it on. <laughs> <laughs> how about you, Michael?
2: I don't care how warm it is. I, I can always go for a nice cup of hot tea. Uh, preferably uh, Jasmine Green or something along those lines.
0: Wow. Yeah. See, even a little human saying wow, like I, think, I'm like, I just think I would collapse if I had anything hot right now. It's just so hot. But, yes, okay, so hot Jasmine. In tea, you said. Now your order is the first one because everyone who seems to come here seems a lot of people seems to like chai tea, and then Tara's is chamomile tea. Yes. And so you're, you're the every f- day. <laughs> you're you're the first one for jasmine tea.
2: Hey, all right. I mean, I like lots of teas, but that's, that's probably at the top of the list.
1: Oh, ah. it, it sounds really good. What is the what's the profile? Is it like a chamomile or like a like a, like an oolong? Is it delicate?
2: Um yeah, yeah, I mean jasmine's it's a nice you a nice floral taste to it, uh, just a nice green tea.
1: All right, I love tea. I might have to I might have to investigate that.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, and I might just be sounding like an idiot right
2: now, but then when I'm thinking of
0: jasmine, or when you say jasmine, the first thing that's coming to mind is something oriental, and I think it's like a jasmine flower is in there. So
2: it's, Yeah, yeah, and that's what it is. So you take the petals of a jasmine flower and fuse it with the, the green tea.
0: Oh, okay. Oh, right. Okay. So I'm not being completely Because yeah. in I was just thinking, that was the first thing that came to mind, but then I no, wasn't... No, no.
2: You you had it right.
0: Okay. That's fine. So like I, I was saying earlier on, I'm completely shattered. I've literally just done a marathon session and baked in the most. I think it's in this amazing cake, right? Uh, it's really nice. It's, it's at the top of the cakes that I've baked recently. So what I've done is... I think it's already obvious. Uh, an Oreo cake is my signature, <laughs> is my signature cake. But I did a milk chocolate frosting, and then I crushed. Um, well, I didn't crush Maltesers. I cut them in half, and then used it to decorate all around the cake. So it just has this amazing look that I'm giving away to someone. And then when I was baking it, I put a little bit of the batter. In a little ceramic bowl because I don't, have, I couldn't have bothered to use another cake bowl for only a little spoonful of cake because I wanted to be able to taste it and I wanted to share a bit with my little human as well. So my my ceramic bowl is hit resistant, so I just put this in the in the in the oven with the main cake, and it came out and I thought it was quite nice. Um, I didn't use my secret ingredient. I do have a secret ingredient, but I sh- I'm not going to share with you guys. Uh, but anyway. <laughs> it
1: was. It was it was nice as well. Um, so it actually but... has no Oreos in it. So is that is that a British thing, an Oreo cake, but no Oreo? Or... Oh, it does
0: have it does have Oreo cake. It does have oh, Oreos okay. in it. So I crush okay. your Oreo and put it in the batter.
1: Oh, nice. Okay,
0: <laughs> nice yeah so so no it definitely has um, Oreos in it and I was I don't know um, I haven't I haven't sort of processed the last podcast because I did a solo one. Um, I went to the Africa Right 2016 festival um, that was held at the British Library. Um, and part of my strategy um, to make my my attendance a successful one, I made a strawberry and Oreo cake. And I took with me to my stand. Um, I only had a small table for two hours, um, and it was quite successful. It was I was able to use it to get people to come. Come uh, yeah, I, I I, like, I would you have some cake.
1: I'd stop by. Yeah, that would work for me.
0: <laughs> yes, I, I, I was. I was quite. It was quite. It was quite amazing. And there wasn't really food as well. So most of the other people who had stalls, they literally just came. They were like hungry, and I was like, yes, yeah, sweet Remember me? Um,
1: uh, yeah. Literally you
0: know, like, sweeten the deal. Yes. <laughs> uh, so that was that was quite good. I was like, yeah, yeah. really. <laughs> 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 but, yes. Anywho, so I'm just going to let you guys do the talking today because I'm just really shattered, right? And so you're gonna <laughs> just pretend. You're gonna pretend like I'm not here, right? And you and uh, Michael are just having a conversation. Um, so just ignore me. And when you're done having your conversation, you can go, Oh, hi, Shakila, Where's our drink? That sort of thing. <laughs>
1: Okay. Hi, Michael.
2: <laughs> hey, how's it going?
1: It's good. How are you? It, it
2: seems I've gained another podcast to run.
1: Oh my goodness. So, do you have your own podcast?
2: Uh, I do. Uh, I run the. It's called the Introverted Indie Author Podcast.
1: Oh, I love it. Do tell. Do tell.
2: It's pretty similar in a setup to this one, where I just have on another author of some sort, and we just kind of have a conversation. There's not. I don't usually have a topic you know, off the top mm-hmm. of my head. I just kind of we start with what they've worked on, how they do things, then we usually end up severely off topic someplace right. someplace sounds and uh, that's, that's just kind the of the way it goes. should be. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean if if writers can't go off topic, who you know, who will?
2: Yeah, that's what I figure. Uh and you know, I'm not I'm not any kind of professional, so I was just like uh, let's just get together with another writer and just talk.
1: I love and it. Out
2: about different things.
1: I really like the the name of your podcast. Um in fact this was about a month ago. Um a couple of us indies got into a pretty good conversation about how hard it is to promote as an indie when you are introverted or naturally shy. It's it's a it adds a, a layer of challenge that it, it's it's hard for some of us to overcome. So.
2: No, yeah, That's yeah, awesome. for sure. I mean, I think marketing and promoting is difficult no matter what, just based on the landscape of where indie is right now. But uh, yeah, for those of us who, you know, especially if we weren't prepared going into it. Yeah, you know, I would much prefer to just write my books, publish them, and then look the other way, and, exactly. and something happens. Um, y- yeah, and I think that was that was part of the, the influence uh, that nudged me towards you know, making uh, my podcast, just to uh, try to give some people some voice uh, you know, that might not have it otherwise. Uh, not that I limit my guests to people who are are introverts. Just this kind of uh, the name I came up with. I think it best sums up how I see the world.
1: I love it. So you just kind of jumped into the deep end. So what's your oh yeah that's
2: that's how I do most things. I jump in and I, I figure it out as I go.
1: So what's what's the takeaway? What are what are us shy guys supposed to do here? What do we what seems to be the um the common thread as far as advice from authors who either are a little more extroverted or they're introverted but they've they've kind of gotten past it in order to uh, promote their titles.
2: I think even independent of the whole introvert extrovert conversation, even looking away from personalities of the writers, I think the big thing that I've kind of come away with is uh, just building relationships with other authors, other writers, readers, networking, um, getting and putting a little bit more attention on kind of the personal side of things as opposed to the promotional "buy my books" side of things. Just I mean, exactly. No one wants to hear that or, or put up with that. I, as a reader, don't. Uh, I'm much more receptive to, you know, someone shooting me a message, just you know, wanting to talk, shop, you know, as it were, than I am Mm -hmm. scrolling through pages and pages of people just posting their book on, you know, whatever forum there is. So I think there's a lot to be said about uh, just chasing down, um, you know, the personal connection. And regardless, you know, even for us, you know, introverts, um, I'm not. I mean. I think the internet helps a lot. It's a lot easier to go about building relationships through forums, you know, messaging, social media, uh, than it is to walk up to somebody on the street, which you know, which would terrify me to no end.
0: Right. So I think, <laughs> exactly.
2: Yeah. So I think technology is a big thing for you know, us. I say us as you know, kind of the shire, shire ones, mm-hmm. uh, to kind of help facilitate that to to build the relationships mm-hmm. because uh, I mean you gotta get people to care about what you're doing. You know, interested in it and invested.
1: Right, and I mean, those are the those are the those are the authors that we respond to as readers. So it's not going to be any different for us as writers. Yeah.
2: yeah, I have a number of indie writers that I follow and I read their stuff because I eventually stumbled across them over, say, Twitter or something like that. Uh, but they weren't posting stuff about Buy my books. I don't think they ever did that. They were just, you know, being witty, just talking about their process, sharing the heartaches, sharing the successes. Mm-hmm. Um, and you felt like you almost got, you know, got to know them a little bit. Um, you Ex- saw that there yeah. was there was a person behind, uh, you know, the book cover. Right. And I think that's a great great avenue to, to try to get into.
1: I know, especially especially on Goodreads, you know, you come in contact with so many other indie authors, and there's this, you know, great web of camaraderie. And I know personally, I can have a conversation with another writer, and just by the way they interact with me. Um, on Goodreads, or the way they they comment on or follow a thread, I can tell their writing style almost just by their casual communication, and sure enough, almost every single time I become curious, and I go to check out their, their books, and I'm usually never disappointed. So again, just those personal relationships, it's a great open door to not only make friends, but to discover, you know, great new titles that otherwise I would not have.
2: Yeah, no, and for sure, and uh, I think there's something to be said, too, for the indie community as a whole, at least, you know, at this point, being incredibly receptive, incredibly friendly, um, especially since, I think, the stigma for the internet nowadays is just uh, you know it's just, like it's full of trolls and it's really negative and nasty but right. uh, somehow I think our little little community that we've kind of carved out for ourselves has kind of avoided that uh, up until this point. Yes. Um, I mean, you'll find negative people no matter where you look uh, but I, in my experience it's been pretty few and far between mm-hmm. uh, and some of this I think we just need to recognize that other writers other indie authors um, were not competitors We're not adversaries. We're all playing the same game.
1: Absolutely. Just because
2: someone buys my book doesn't mean they're not going to buy your book, too. Mm
1: -hmm. And everyone's so free with their advice and suggestions. I love it. I really do.
2: Yeah. And uh, I think there's – and just being out there as a reader, too, being active as a reader, uh, giving input, uh, throwing out reviews, supporting other writers. Um, I've read a lot of stuff because – the author showed interest in what I was working on, you know, and vice mm-hmm. versa. Mm-hmm. So it's a little bit of a give and take. You can't just be out there expecting everyone to just, you know, look at your stuff and then you just kind of do nothing else.
1: Right. I agree. Oh, it's it's definitely it's an it's an active uh, situation. I have a question for you because, um, as as far as you know, like you said, making those important connections and building those relationships, I'm starting to think that. It, it It may be more beneficial or more effective or productive to try to find readers where they where they live, or try to find your your audience where they live, as opposed to you know, the effort of attracting readers to your platform or sure. you know and and it, it's certainly harder to do it the other way, but I really think that's that's the only the only way. I mean, at the end of the day, um, there are more of them than there are of us. <laughs> And, you know, you don't want to be sort of, you know, closeted off in this nurturing, but ultimately um, not necessarily symbiotic relationship with other writers. I I think it goes back to just being willing to step out there and just, you know, uh, build those connections with your your readers.
2: And I think one of the beauties of this kind of writing world that we're in, unlike other industries, though, you know, most of us are both writers and readers, so we're both producers and consumers. Where you know okay. in other industries, that's just not how it is. Mm-hmm. And so I think we're in that interesting situation where we can help each other uh, back and forth.
0: Agree. Okay. I agree. <sighs> okay, so perfectly time back from my nap. Can you hear me? Yes. Oh, sure. <laughs> yes. Um, well, virtual nap. Um, and I sort of heard the the back end of the things that you guys were saying, and it was just quite interesting because I recently found out about an author, um, and it was a roundabout way that I got to find out um, about him, so I get this um, newsletter from a website called um, Publish and Push, and they were telling me they, they sent an email with regards to a best-selling author who had done, and uh, I think it's called an AMA or an ammo via Reddit where he says, um, I am an author, ask me anything. I think that's what it is, ask me anything, something like that. Anyways, so it was quite interesting and I really feel bad, I can't remember this author's name. Um, and he's a best selling author and one of the things that he was saying, just because why I was mentioning this, because Tara, you said, you know, there are more of them than there, there are of us, and something right. that he put in, you know, because loads of, he had loads of questions about, you know, what he has done. And mm-hmm. the thing that I took away from the little bit that I read, I didn't read all of it because time, time is a premium, was where he said that he writes to his audience. Now I'm sure you, you know, you remember both of us. We had this conversation on Goodreads um, yes. where you were asking me, you know, something similar. But the way he said it was something that I thought, oh, wow, actually, that's quite profound. That actually makes sense. So he says, right, that he's got ideas of what he wants to write. Can you still hear me? Because my thing is... Yes. Yeah, we can hear you. Okay. It's just the little human keeps pressing buttons sometimes. And I can never be, you know you have to keep just checking to make sure that she's not pressed something, and I, I'm just yapping away without anyone hearing me. Yeah, so, um, so but basically what he was saying um, is that he writes according to his audience. So for instance, let's say he has this idea that he wants to write. So it's not that he's writing to an audience that he has no interest in, but he's got an idea of how he wants to write or something that he wants to write then he thinks to to himself right okay where would this have the biggest audience so how do I how can I explain it uh, da, 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 da. so let's say he he says that fiction is the biggest um, is the hardest one to sell because if you're going to do like a how-to for instance there are loads of people who are looking for how-tos so that is sort of quite an easier-ish quote-unquote Um, you know, to sell. Whereas if you want to then do fiction, um, you've then got to think of your audience. So I think if you also look at a lot of the stats that there are, you will find that romance sells, erotica sells, fantasy Mm -hmm. sells, more so. And then the the numbers, I think in most of the research that I see, romance sells more while sells all the other genres. So if you're then going to be going to write, say, um, I don't know, crime, then you need to be able to already know where you know your audience already stays and what sort of crime do they like, you know, reading, you know, where where are they, you know, so those sort of Am I making sense or am I standing a bit frozen? Right. I, I
1: think you know, I think you're talking about you know knowing what knowing what your your readers want. Yes. So, basically,
0: that's how he's, you know, how he's able to make himself successful. Because whilst he already has a story that he wants to tell, he's been able to customize it to fit in with a specific audience. And when I started, I think I made that mistake where I was thinking, oh, my God, I thought my books were so fabulous that everybody would want to read it. And, right. yes, and everybody, you know, as an author, we would like to think that we're vested in and everyone should want to read our books and whatnot. But if you're doing that, then you're not really targeting, and you're going to you're setting yourself up more for disappointment. Whereas if you target to a specific audience, I think that 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 would make it. And then I know as you guys are introverted, it's also quite easy because you know using technology helps. How am I gonna put it? Disconnecting. No, yes. Yeah, and make it yeah. not so as daunting.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> but yes, you guys do do continue, and I've just continued my Virgil nap. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I
2: I I kind of I, I get what you're saying about um tailoring you know how you structure your book or the genre you write into your audience, and I think from a business standpoint, that makes a lot of sense. Um. Mm. But as far as I'm concerned, uh, I look at writing purely as an art form. And ultimately, I write for myself because it's something I enjoy, something... It sounds cliche, but something I have to do. And uh, I think if you can kind of balance the art and business side of it, I think you're in a good spot. Um, But I think it can be a dangerous thing to uh, worry too much about... uh, Tweaking and changing your writing to appeal to a, you know a broader audience or a wider reaching uh, just to get you know increased sales because ultimately that's going to end up with you know maybe a finished product that's you just don't care too much about or that you weren't quite invested in because it didn't mean too much to you. Um, I know you know like I said you mentioned romance and I mean romance does make up roughly half or even more of the current book market. I mean it is massive and you know I could certainly look at that and say. Well, that's where the money is, especially if you're going to put out novels every couple of months, is kind of how they do things. But if I wrote a romance novel, I could probably do it. it There'd be a lot be, of
1: belching in it.
2: Yeah it, <laughs> it be very, yeah, it made it very, very good. I wouldn't care about it. It wouldn't be something I was invested in. And ultimately, I think it would kind of I think it would kill my creative side. Whereas if I'm chasing down... You know, really what I want to write and tell the stories that mean something to me um, and then try to worry about a little bit later on uh, finding the right audience. Um, I mean for me I think that's a better way to go about it um, but
1: I think, I mean, that's just kind uh, of
2: how I see writing as a whole.
1: Well, <laughs> Sorry, I, think go a, I think a really uh, good example of, of kind of like the middle ground between Shagilila's point and, and, and your point Michael is is actually uh, one of my favorite writers Michael uh Michael J Sullivan. Uh he's the uh author of the raira uh series, the Rayaera um, Chronicle. Uh, and 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 I do think it's kind of a, a great middle ground because
2: he writes within his genre
1: which is fantastic. But he also uh very much is is attuned to what his his, his readership wants. Um in fact before he proceeds with with a full length novel, uh, he'll often write a novella and offer it for free, you know, uh, on his website and et cetera to kind of get a sense of of whether or not his readers feel like it, it fits them. They have a very uh, mutually <clears throat> relationship, and there have been some of his novellas that that did well, you know, um, but you know, obviously, and, and there are some that. His readership just you know absolutely fell in love with and they said we need more of this so that's an example of a of an author who writes just for his readers and that would let him know that okay it's time to turn this into a full-length novel or another series so I think there's um there's some pretty good middle ground there uh, yeah, no, no
2: saying- I, yeah, I think that's a decent way to go about it. It sounds like he's still, you know, maybe just throwing out a couple of different things that he would like to pursue, and then just picking the one that's most popular. But I think trying to chase the market is is a dangerous game.
0: Yes. Yeah. So just to um, add it, I think what um, the author who I was sort of trying to quote, yeah, um, you know, what he was saying, though, because I I think you were, uh, Michael, you were saying. Um, that if you write where you don't have an interest, whereas what he's saying is, I think is also what Tara was saying about Michael Sullivan is more or less the same thing that if you already have a story to tell, so not just writing because you think oh I'm going to make money out of it but you already have a story to tell and then you now think okay right I have this story to tell what would be the best way to put it forward and again different people write for different reasons And if you just write it, you know, so I guess as an author, everyone needs to turn in what is success for them. So if it's just putting your best foot forward and just putting it and making it out there available, then that's great. Um, But with this other author that I can't remember his name and I'm really feeling bad about it, he's a best-selling author and he uses his writing as a source of income. He said when this, and no, last year, he made $65,000 out of his writing alone, just following no. that format, and he's hoping that by the end of this year, he will triple it. So he's basically trying to say that that's what he does as, you know, to make his, you know, to give him a, a source of income, because I think why Publishing Push sent me that email was basically to say, you know, there are some authors who actually do make a living from their book. If... Making a living from your book is not your interest, then that's perfectly fine. But if you wanted to, then this is an author who's willing to share what he has done. And that was why they sent, you know, the link across. And that was part of his strategy, you know, for him to be able to make um, an income. And that was actually quite fascinating about Wow, 65,000 uh, not, pounds. Not pounds, dollars, because he's in America. Um, from from his writing, that's, that's quite a lot. Because if you speak to some authors... They will tell you they barely take ten dollars or ten pounds a month, you know. So for someone who to be able to who has been able to do that, I thought it was quite
1: remarkable. If you if you remember um, who the the author is, maybe you can include it in the in the comments
0: section. Um, okay, you know what? I'm going to do one, and I'm going to go on Reddit now. So yes, yeah, you guys continue, and I will go and see if I can find him. <laughs> I, I'm curious. Uh, um, but, Okay, give me a second. So, yes, do, do carry on.
2: I'll, I'll open Reddit. No, I, I totally get, get what you're saying. And I think uh, your goal definitely will change how you go about things. I mean, if yeah. writing for you is just your income and that's what you need to do to you know put food on your table, pay your rent, uh, then yeah, you're going to go about it a little bit differently. Um, whereas if it's just merely creative expression for you, uh, then yeah, you're going to see it or maybe in a slightly opposite direction.
1: There's but. there's definitely a, a range. I remember uh, reading a blog entry um, from an author who challenged herself to write. <laughs> You're not going to believe this. She she set a personal challenge for herself to write 10 books in a month in 30 days. And first of all, I, I, can, I can so admire that kind of output. And I can equally tell you that I'm not sure I want to read... Any of those books—they're
2: <laughs> probably also pretty short too. I'm sure.
1: <laughs> yeah. So um, again, you know, I, I, I think, like you said, it depends on, on on what you're going for, what you're shooting for. Um, I just love that as indies, we you know we we have the choice lies with us. We get to to decide how how we want to go about it. I know personally, yeah. I'm, I'm going to be one of those. Uh, you know, dorks that's working on a a fiction book for like two or three years just can't quite, you know, let it go, but um, it's just a process, like you said, just having that story to tell and hoping at the end of the day that it finds a, you know, a home with, with readers.
2: Well, And the beauty of being an indie is the freedom to change your tactics if you want halfway through, you know, to change genres if you choose to, to change how you market, to change uh, the frequency of how much you write, or how little you write, or if you just stop altogether. I mean, uh, there's a lot to say about the freedom that we have, um, and right. it is—I mean, it's a learning process. You kind of got to, you know, adapt as you go to try to fit what you're looking for. Right. I know for myself, like I said, I, I'm kind of in the camp where I started writing because just as a source of creative expression, because I wanted to create these stories, I wanted to write the books. Um, and then the kind of publishing um, business side of it you know, is coming later. Um, so, you know, But someone else may be looking at it completely backwards. But you know, if down the road things change for me, you know, where I have to look at it a little bit more as a business and it becomes you know, full-time or part-time for me, then yeah, I think my strategies are probably going to change a little bit. I might put a little bit more stock in how my readers are reacting and right. not spending time on stories that don't have as wide an appeal.
1: Right. Mm-hmm. and that, and and again, you're you're you know, just that ability to to tailor it to your you know current need. That's just you can't really put a price on that. It's it's amazing. And I I always thought that my strategy would would um would be based on whether I was working on fiction or nonfiction because my first you know book, of course, is is nonfiction. But the more I write, the more I realize that. <laughs> I'm just not, I don't know if I'm capable of, maybe I'm just too old to shift my paradigms, but, um, and, and again, I do try to keep my, my ear to the ground, but when I, if I'm not writing about something that I really love, I just, I just can't do it. It just doesn't, doesn't really come out right. <laughs> But I, again, yeah. I'm not. I don't think I'm the most prolific writer, <laughs> so I don't think that's ever going to be a problem for me. I'm kind of a, a a slow horse. I like to I like to craft my stories.
2: Well, and beauty is you have that right to do it however you choose to. Mm. Uh, I mean, there are and it's all individual. I mean, there are you know traditional uh, authors out there who really look at it as just a job, a chore, and they just churn out stuff that maybe they don't. Have a whole lot of passion for, uh, but it you know it pays the bills and that's how they see it. Um, whereas others you know write uh, maybe stuff that has a really narrow appeal but is really important to them. Um, that's just not going to bring in you know the dollars, but you know it you know it suits their need to you know get their point across, I guess. So.
1: Well, of course, all of us are going to write what we love and make our readers happy and just make tons of money. So we're all going to achieve the yeah. Success. I think that's I think that's on a
2: list of misperceptions about writing. I think that might be number one.
1: And it, yeah, you're, even with the explosion of of you know indie publishing and and just. I mean, digital publishing and, and, you know, DIY publishing and print-on-demand is just everywhere, and you're right, those myths, they still persist. They still persist.
0: Yeah, I'm sorry, I'm still trying to find, you know, it's just one of those ones where so many posts go on Reddit that everything just gets lost, so um, I'll probably have to check later. It's like I think his name was John something, and I'm just really, really Shame that I can't remember his name.
1: Well it that's okay. If you come across it later, just you know, post it on your blog or on, on your on YouTube. Yes. No uh, worries,
0: no worries. Uh, so bad. But yes. Anyway, so <laughs> Thanks things do get lost in the in the in the world of um, Reddit.
1: I'm not I'm not as familiar with Reddit as I think I should be. I, I mean I think I you know, I was somewhat familiar with it a few years ago. But mm. um it was kind of a like I mean there were so many rabbit holes to go down. I think I just kind of said, All right, I'll deal with this later and um uh I I, lo- I love the clean platform that Goodreads provides. Um but there's so many there's so many platforms out there online to explore. I'm, I'm sure I'll get to all of them eventually.
0: Well, I mean, I'm only um, I'm only recently started, or i only recently started using um, Reddit myself. Um, when I first started, I found it extremely frustrating, um, especially their autobots. They're like annihilators. You post something, and it's like, oh, this is an autobot. We have taken it out in da 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 da, and you're like, oh my god, what exactly am I doing wrong? <laughs> Wow. Um, so it was not it was not the easiest platform to use that um, that I found. Um, God, be that beat that, be that As as as, as it may, <laughs> I'm not going to study you know. I, I think slowly I'm I'm getting my head around it. I don't spend anywhere as much time on Reddit. I think the reason I even went there recently was just because I got this email. Um, about it, and I'm just feeling so on on plan. And I didn't really think I didn't plan on talking about this guy. It just sort of came came off. Um, right. But I did send him an email, uh, a message on Reddit, asking if he would come on my podcast. But then he's going hiking. Um, and the annoying thing, well, not annoying thing, is that he doesn't use his proper name. He uses uh, a nickname on his thing. So I know what his nickname is on on Reddit. I just don't know what
1: his real name. <laughs> Right. Well, he may be your next guest, and then we can all we can all see what he has to say.
0: Yes. Um, because I, I thought when I read it, it sort of reminded me of what's his name now, um, Evan Pickering. He reminded me of Evan Pickering. Oh right.
1: Oh, Evan. Evan's great. Yeah. Um, He's great.
0: So that, that that was who it reminded me of, and I thought, oh, okay, that that would be that'll be great to, um have him on there. And then Reddit doesn't really let you do profiles. But, anywho, mm-hmm. speed at is in May. Did you, have you read uh, Michael's book? I think he's got a new book out, hasn't he? Yeah, um, yes. Did Michael you? Sanders or Michael... This this Michael this, this, Mike, Michael James. this, oh, this one is Michael we're talking to. <laughs> there's of Michael J's. <laughs> yes. Okay. Actually, before we even go, what is it about Americans and initials? It's like D L and R L and Michael James. What is the initial well, thing? I never got that.
1: It depends. Um, for for some people, it, it's just a way to kind of stand out because you know, unless your name is very unusual, there's going to be you know a thousand other people with your name. And then for some people, it's a way to achieve, um, you know, sort of a, a like a gender neutrality. Um, you know, E. L. Doctoro is, of course, you know, a male, but uh, E. L. James is a female. And sometimes you really don't want to put that out there. You just want people to get into your work. I mean, there's probably a thousand reasons. And sometimes it just sounds really nice. Mm.
2: No, for sure. Yeah. I mean, as someone who uses his middle initial. Um, I do it for two reasons. I, the, the first is to just differentiate myself from other people who may have similar, similar or even the same name. Mm-hmm. Um, even my last name is not that unusual. Um, and the second reason was just because, I, for me personally, uh, my middle name is my father's first name. So I think there's a little bit of um, pride there. So I just wanted to include that as right. well. But I yeah, to- I mean. A lot of people do it to achieve, yeah. That so if you, you're not sure of their gender um, as well as some of it's just for feel. I've mm-hmm. talked to some people who use an entire pen name, um, it's just for feel or to separate that work from some other thing that they're involved with, you know, with their your real name. So
1: oh, I love the use of pen names. I I think it's wonderful, and I think it can, you know, and if you write in different genres, it can as a writer, it can it can also just put you, you know in that mindset to write in that style. Mm-hmm.
0: Almost like an alter
1: ego. It's it's pretty cool. Pretty awesome. But but yes, I I I love book. I, um, uh, I don't even know where to begin. I, I think just to sum it up and, and I'm not going to, you know. Give What's the book What's the
0: book called first of all?
1: Michael?
2: Yeah. What's your book called? Oh, my book? Uh, I have two out right now. Uh, my first is called The Mighty. It's the first the f- book one of the Druid's guys. And my most recent book is called The Girl with Red Hair, which is book Hello. one of um, an entirely different series.
1: Oh, okay. I read The Mighty. Um, and, That's and the what Druid I one. It? Yes. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, what, I,
1: what I loved about it was just the, the everydayness of Wyatt. Uh, why it was, you know, that kid I went to school with. At, at different points, Wyatt, you know, was the kid I used to be. Um, to say he was accessible is probably the understatement of the year. And I think it's so important for young adult readers to to be able to connect, you know, with a hero or a heroine that, well, obviously that they, you know, can emulate, but that there's some some sense of of... of Connection that you don't have to really build up to. Uh, from from page one, you need to have a sense of, okay, I, I have a lot more in common with with this person than I would have, you know, expected, because you know they're going to do something brave or heroic eventually. Um, but I think that as a as a reader, you can make that leap with the main characters uh, when your when your journey sort of parallels their own. And I think too many young adult uh, novels. They tend to have the, the main characters almost already there. I mean, I, I've read so many books where um, the main character is 16 or 17, facing these extraordinary um, you know, uh, obstacles, and they're in these extraordinary situations. And they're pretty cool. They're pretty collected, and they, they pretty much know uh, what to do while delivering these you know, stinging little one-liners. And, and while I get it, in one sense, you know, it's escapism, and it's sort of an aspirational take, I can't really say that I connect with, with that I certainly wasn't that kind of teenager. So, uh, you know, having said that, I just... I loved Wyatt for that reason. I, I really did. I loved it. And he was just so well-written. I feel like you were, like, channeling somebody's youth. <laughs>
2: um, well, just give a little background on Wyatt and the story in general, uh, when I... I graduated college with a degree in Child and Family Studies and then I spent two years working at uh, in a treatment center uh, for quote unquote disturbed youth, uh, which is the basis of what in the book is called The Shepherd's Crook, was the name of the center. and It is based um, almost cookie cutter on the, the uh, facility I worked at. And When I was there, one of the kids that I interacted with that just kind of you know, impacted me probably the most uh, was a kid who was the basis for Wyatt, um, largely because I think he was also very similar to myself. I mean, all the kids there had gone through some sort of trauma, some sort of abuse, some sort of horrific things that would give you nightmares. And they all dealt with it in a very different way. You know, I mean, some you could expect to be you know, violent, you know, aggressive, uh, some are overly sexualized. And then there was the kid that I based Wyatt on who chose to kind of deal with his circumstance by retreating into this make-believe fantasy world Mm. uh, where he spent a lot of time basically just kind of almost like role-playing, pretending he was a wizard or pretending he was a knight. And um, I saw a lot of myself in that, and at Mm. some point I kept asking myself, you know, what is it like in his head? I mean, what is going on? And, And that's kind of where the genesis of the story was. Because I mean, in the Mighty, it's about that kid who's you know sent to a treatment center, and he really can't remember. You know, I mean, as far as he's concerned, he doesn't he doesn't think he should be there. Uh, that's largely just because he doesn't know what's what's happened to him.
1: Almost he, like Don Quixote.
2: And he finds he finds a way into a fantasy world, not just with his imagination, but you know, potentially you know, an actual you know Chronicles of Narnia type transition.
1: Right.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just about him trying to you know grapple with stuff in his past and his circumstance, and yeah, I mean, he definitely doesn't have it all together. Um, right. He thinks he does, um, but um, he certainly doesn't. And um, I think that's a little bit about that's, that's really about what his journey is about. Um, realizing that you know he doesn't really know what's going on, and that he's not you know he's not as confident, you know, or he's too, maybe a little too overconfident, and uh, he can't just tackle any problem he gets to. And you're know, kind of accepting failure, as well as accepting you know stuff that's happened to him in the past. So.
1: And I, I and you 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 find yourself you just love taking that, that journey with him. And um, I remember uh, in particular when you saw he was beginning to to kind of untangle you know the threads of what it means to to feel empathy for someone mm-hmm. or to look you know from the inside out. To what's going on with other people. And, uh,
0: Catherine, come
1: here, sweetie, come
0: on. Is that your little <laughs> baby girl? <laughs> yeah, Catherine.
1: Usually she's so awesome. She's so well behaved, but she's like, you know what, mommy, I, you know, I've had enough. <laughs> um, but um, it, mm-hmm. I, you know, uh, again, I don't want to give away anything. I want everyone to read the book. But when they were on the on the barge. Mm-hmm. Uh, after the barge began to to come apart, and they were under uh, arrow fire. They were under attack um, from the. Uh, I want to call them the whites, but uh, you know the, the regents. Yeah, yeah, the yeah, fallen, fallen, fallen regents. Right? Yeah. And for uh, for one for one split second, he thought that um, that they had been uh, hit, maybe fatally hit by by the by the uh, you know barrage of, of arrows, and. I, I thought it was so interesting, not that he was concerned or worried, but that in that split second, he had the presence to realize hey i you know I, re- I really care about you know you know what's what's happening to these guys. I thought that was very deft and I thought it was brilliant, and it kind of kept I kept my ear to the ground after that to see more of that um that, that development within within the main character because, you, you you know, you do already know that there's some things going on with him. And the little things like that end up being these little gems that you've kind of sprinkled throughout the book. And I just, I, I really responded to that.
2: No, I mean, I appreciate that more than anything. I mean, it's the world to me that you kind of picked up on some things. And, yeah, I mean, that's definitely one of Wise's journeys, uh, being mm-hmm. able to care about people other than himself and to look outside himself um, something that kind of he he can get pieces you know come, kind of come and go as he kind of you know learns that um, and that yeah, a big part of it is also that you know his actions actions have consequences that he can affect other people.
1: Yes, um, yes, and and believe it or not, I mean that really I honestly feel like that's sort of missing. I really feel like that that's missing in a lot of uh, young adult fiction um, these days because you know. This is the, the generation that, that gets a trophy for showing up. Definitely yep. the, the special you know snowflake generation. And I, I'm not you know I'm not sure that we won't, you know, eventually, you know, regret teaching, you know, teaching young people to be so, you know, absolutely self centered. Um, <laughs> you know, and, yeah. and, and, and I think books like yours, I mean it 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 seems obvious. Um, that that's what the point of, of you know a really good book should be but I think when I read your book it had such a different feel to it that I found myself paying more attention hey. and you know little things would jump out and I was like you know what this is kinda cool you know this this is taking me down a, a different path um, again I, I I just I don't know I think that's the, you know the direction we need to be going in so it's sort of a, a, a communal or village approach yeah. To, to, how we, to how we interact with people hmm. if you were going to say sorry go All on right.
2: Michael. No, I was gonna say you know, I, I appreciate you, you know, what she's saying and, and I'll you know, full disclosure I mean I don't even really read young adult um, and when I wrote the book I didn't write for a specific genre I just wrote the book and mm-hmm. even now I, I, I will kind of present it as kind of young adult you know ish I kind of will be as far as I can go Without trying to put labels on it, but you know, like I said before, I mean, I just wrote the story. I told the story that I needed to tell about the character that I needed to to speak to. Um.
1: And see, that's a perfect that's that's a perfect argument for you know writing your story, and you know, let let everyone else categorize it, but hmm. you know, just just write your story. So it it definitely you know, was young adult, but again, and it makes sense now that you're saying you didn't necessarily write it that way, you just wrote your story. So that otherness is what is informing my sense of, you know, there's something different going on here, something that makes it stand out, so.
2: and And some of that is just, you know, in my writing process, I don't ever want to put myself in a box. I think of all the genres, young adult is one that can be... A little bit more constraining, where I would would have been worried about language use. I would have been worried about content. I would have been worried about bringing up issues of abuse or whatnot. Um, and I didn't want that. I just figured it's something I definitely wrestled with for a while and talked with some friends about that because I know it has the young adult feel. Making it sure he is fifteen. It is about a lot of issues unique to fifteen year olds. But there's a lot of stuff I want to be able to get into, you know, in this book and in future books that. I wouldn't say are, are really you know you know young adult appropriate even in, in some situations. So I never want right. to you know, feel restricted. So I just kind of write a book uh when the dust settles, then I try to figure out what to call it.
1: Well, I hope I hope uh, well I hope everyone reads it, but I I hope young adults uh, definitely read it. Um, you know I just I, I I'm not necessarily sure that that coddling young adult readers or or I hate to say pandering to, because certainly not all, you know, y'all novels do, but I think uh, more books like yours, definitely, you know, I, there's a lot to recommend them for for all readers, but especially young readers. Oh, cool, cool.
0: So, now, if you were going to pick up something that you weren't, too particularly fond of. Um, and just because, and the reason why I do this all the time is just because we always like to talk about the good things. And it's always, I feel that everyone has, there's always room for improvement. Um, so what would you say you didn't particularly like the look of the sound of in the book, um, Well,
1: there was one particular scene. Uh, where, where, <laughs> there was one scene where uh, a certain uh, young lady in the, in the book, um, she's 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 very uh, she's very dark, and in her in in Wyatt he you know he has a crush on her, and at one point she crosses her her long legs and he's staring at her legs and he says how could something so dark be so beautiful? And I was like <laughs> I was like um, excuse me, <laughs> I beg your pardon. <laughs> But, um yeah, but, but that was, I, I said, oh my gosh, I can't wait to tell Michael, I can't wait to call Michael out on the show.
2: Nice. No, I, I deserve that. Uh, and certainly Dark is not a reference to uh, a skin tone in that moment, it's definitely, because he saw her as his, his Dark Angel, Dark Being. Right. Because um, she I is very you. yeah wizard reserved and um, brooding.
1: Uh, I knew you would. I knew you. I, I. 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 knew you would. Would sort it out. But I, I couldn't resist. <laughs>
2: yeah. Nope. No, hey. I can take it.
1: Because when you started saying
0: dark, I thought you meant like dark personality. No. Um, no.
2: That, that's what it, the intent. Yeah. That's what the intention is. But she is she, yeah. also. I mean, African American. I mean, if you could say that because she's not. Uh. The one we're talking about is not a human. Uh, but. Um. Yeah.
1: It reminds me of uh, Driss. Do you read Salva Have you uh, read any of the Salvatore books, *Legend no. of Drizzt*? I have not. Oh, you! I think I want you to read it now. So it, she very much reminded me of Drizzt in a way. He's a he's a dark elf, uh, yeah. really really cool. Oh, yes. Okay. The Crystal Shard, uh, *Legend of Drist, Ari Salvatore, excellent books. She reminded me a lot of him of him.
0: Very cool. But anyways, people, the virtual cafe needs to close, okay? I have to kick you out now. Thank you. Thank you. It's been fun having you guys, but I have to kick you out now. Um, Oh, and yes, we didn't get you your drinks. (laughs) Sorry.
2: (laughs) But I'm not not leaving a tip then.
1: (laughs) There you go. Well, you you think and I'm taking the coaster with me. We're taking Michael, let's just take the cake. I mean we'll leave the drink. We'll take the cake. I
2: smell an Oreo cakes in the back yeah. somewhere.
1: <laughs> okay
0: fine. You can have you can have it and I'll put pictures as well and
1: I'll say, Yes, it was Michael and Tara who took this cake away. <laughs> well, well, thank thank you for having me on your show. And Michael, it was it was a pleasure.
2: Hey, thanks to both of you. I, I, I love just kind of sitting and chatting with uh, other writers and people in, I in know, the it's world.
1: Tough, isn't it? It's oh it's awesome. And now I've discovered a new podcast. Thanks thanks to Michael. Are you gonna go I'll on a new new podcast? The introverted indie, I believe.
2: Yeah, the yeah, the, the full title is the introverted indie author podcast. Yeah.
1: The intro I will be checking I'm will just, check And the I'm blog. spending all
2: the, this week I have off for my real job and I'm spending all week just uh recording new episodes and stuff, so
1: Oh, awesome! I actually
2: had actually you mentioned Evan Pickering uh, earlier. I uh, recorded um, like three hours worth of him yesterday. Wow! So yeah, we couldn't oh. we couldn't shut up. So that oh, that's, that's coming awesome. coming soon.
1: Oh, I'll, Evan's great. I'll I'll be on the lookout for that. Oh, I I've got i I've got to find your podcast. Can you link to um to your show in the in the comments section below?
2: I can. Yeah, you can also just find out on whatever. Podcast app or whatever service you use, but yeah.
1: Looking
0: sure, forward cool. to it. Cool, cool, cool. I like I like it when we make new friends and make new connections.
2: Hey, like that's how kind of, how we started the conversation. That's kind of what's I think is most most important.
0: Yeah. Full circle. Yeah. Michael, where are you based?
2: Where am I based? I'm in New York.
0: Okay, so can you both do me oh, a big favor?
2: Oh, not the city, been... not the city, just the state.
0: Oh, okay. Oh, okay. So can you both do me a favor, please? Hello? Right, so I've got, you know, with iTunes, um, because I'm in the UK, I can't really see comments um, or reviews that are in America, Um, but I then found this website that aggregates all reviews from all the iTunes stores, so I was able to see um, the reviews that are in America then, when I had no internet for about a week, um, from about two weeks ago, and it's only come back on um, a couple of days, so I went on this thing. One of the first things that I did when I came back, when my internet came back, was I went to this um, platform to go and check what the reviews were, and I saw that on the 29th of July, no, 29th of June, um, there were five reviews that I I think are a bit uh, like trolls. So they, they, they all had five-star reviews, but they were like, oh, look, at this is a really wonderful app. And then I was like, oh, yes, this is just what I'm looking for to track my mood. It's a good mood tracker. Now, I don't mind getting five-star reviews, but I think it's going to be quite... Like, if someone genuinely wanted to read reviews to see what people were saying about this show, I think it would... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? It would be quite misleading. Well, because I yeah. don't actually have access to go onto the iTunes store in the U.S., I can't actually click to report that, oh, I'm not really sure <laughs> what these people yeah. are saying because, one, this, the, their reviews are for apps, and this is a podcast. Oh. It's not an app. So can you guys look into it for me?
2: Sure. Yeah, sure. I don't, yeah, I don't know what that's about. Um, I've had that problem with iTunes for my show, but I did get a similar type of thing on my Amazon page for one of my books. <laughs> it was a verified purchase, like they had bought the book. So they had actually bought the book and reviewed it, but the comment was just like out of left field. It was like something along the lines of, this is a great story of a strong Dutch woman in World War II. I'm like, this is a fantasy novel, totally unrelated. So, yeah. I have no idea what, where that came from. And the funny thing is, I mean, as far as I can tell, they bought the book, so I mean, I don't even know what to think. It's so still what, there.
0: So, so what do you I think? Because with this, because I don't know, I was very concerned about it. Like if someone um because someone accidentally sent to me an email that she was supposed to send to someone else and she was like, Oh, check out this book, it's got so much reviews. So then that got me a bit concerned because <laughs> I just thought, oh, if people were actually going to read the reviews of the show, then it might send I don't know, it might just come across as being a bit dodgy. You know, I you
1: know, you know, I I mean I would take it with a grain of salt. Um, People can usually, you know, weed out the, the norm, you know, the cray from the legit, but um, you know, Michael, he's, he's the blogger. So I'm, (laughs) I'm gonna, I'm gonna let him like look at it and tell you, I mean, I can, I can tell you what's there, but I'm not quite sure. You know, Mm -hmm. it's not, not my wheelhouse. You guys are the podcasters. You guys have all the, the know-how. Nah. But, but I mean, if, if, like, TV, TV. if you say to it to not worry about it, then that's fine. Well, I think I think that you guys are getting some, some
2: existential... <laughs> I'm looking at your page now. Great mood tracker. Really cool app.
1: <laughs> I know,
2: right? Yeah, I don't, know. I'm not sure why people do that. It's not like they left like, one star and like, we're bashing you.
0: no. Mind because they've given me five stars and four stars, but if someone was actually reading it, then you think. Hmm. Okay, so the little human, she's she's ripped stuff out, um, because she's I've hidden the cake from her, so I think I need to go and appease her now. So the little human got. Okay. She's like slave. Why are you not attending to me? <laughs>
1: All right. Well, again, thank you for having for having us.
2: Yeah. It was a pleasure.
1: <laughs> My pleasure, and I hope to speak to you guys
0: again soon.
1: All right. Bye. All right. Bye sure. now.